fire, fire. Super fire. You know, if you, if you haven't watched the previous 27 episodes. You're missing out. But you're in luck because here on episode 28 of the Block to Block podcast, the best podcast in the world for all things Web3, here we break down the technology, what's going on in the market, and the ways in which you can benefit. I am NFT and Jai. And I am Web3 Wayne. And over here, the talk is different. Always, always different. <laughs> and and y'all know how different it is, especially if you've been tuning in. Shout out to our avid listeners, man. We, we appreciate all 30 of you. Um, y'all, y'all really, y'all, y'all want my souls, man. Y'all want my souls. But it will be remiss if we didn't mention that if you lose your cheese, cheddar, mozzarella, provolone, that's on you. Because this podcast is for informational purposes only. We will not be responsible if you lose your cold, hard-earned cash. Right? So we tell you at the beginning of every episode, please consult a financial advisor or any other financial professional that can help you make some real bread. But definitely introduce them to this podcast so they know the game. And with that, let's get it going. Let's talk about Super different, super different, man. It's been a it's been a great week since we last met. Eventful. Very eventful. eventful. Man. Like yeah. we had our the last previous episode, we was able to speak with the good brothers Ando and Colin from yeah. Happy. You know, they're doing like great things in terms of the social media platform they're creating, using Web3 technology and just creating an immersive experience. So that was a fire. They own patented, they own patented vivid technology. But, yeah. Hey man, them them brothers doing something big, man. They're doing something big. So it was a hey, they came, they came and blessed us, man. We we was uh over there chopping up the episode, just getting some clips, and we was like, ooh. Mm-hmm. ooh. That was really ooh. listening to it like it was the first time. So shout out to them. Shout but out. like that following day on Friday, we had our Investor Connect event. So it was a partnership, something we co-organized with Bison Venture Partners. You know, shout out to that team. Shout out to Gary. Shout out to B. Shout out to Alex. You yeah. know, yeah. great team. Extremely great to work with. Very efficient team. Yeah, very fast moving. So that yeah. was. No, shout out to, to the Howard MBAs as well. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of NBA students come pull up on us, kick it with us, you know what I'm saying, get some some entrepreneurship game, uh, which was dope as well. Like you said, man, BVP, they, they were dope to work with. Um, you know, that was a, a great event. But seeing, you know, black people in a room on a Friday night to figure out how to get this money to get their they businesses out the ground. And people that, that, that showed up had dope businesses, man. Mm-hmm. And what was dope was it was wide arching too, right? So we had one person w- who had a focused real estate and had his own community development fun, um, CDFI fund. We had another person who worked at a bank who actually was gracious enough to sponsor the food for the event. So shout out there. 
Like she gave a lot of the dope game in terms of like small business financing. So you had like one side of the house that talked about like if you wanted to go the traditional business owner entrepreneurial lane, this is like the pathway in terms of getting capital for your business. Yeah. And you had the other side of the house in which we had two venture capitalists who talked about, hey, if you want to like start like a huge venture that could possibly have a huge exit in terms of getting acquired for tens of millions or billions or having an initial public offering on the stock market, this is the pathway. So as a listener or as a participant, you had the opportunity to like really discern which route you want to go when it comes to your venture. So it was, it was really dope. For sure. For sure. And I think, you know, what was, what was great about it too is I think everybody in a room learned something, you know, mm-hmm. we, we even seen, you know, like the VCs, you know, connecting with the, the, the small business banker and the CDFI we had there, right? Like, you know, it was a, it was a lot of conversations that, you know, you don't hear happen often enough, right? Like you, you hear these panels and it's, it's more so about their personal stories, man. We was in there asking the real questions, man. How we get this money? Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's stop playing games. What you need to see, right. what you need to know, like what we need to be thinking about. How should we be navigating these spaces? Very um, action oriented to your yeah. point. Super. It wasn't, and you know, no, no um, slight to panel discussions in which you have panelists talk a lot about like mindset or personal motivation, because that's very important. Because if you don't have that as your foundation, nothing else is going to manifest. However, everybody in that room already had the mindset of, I want to build. And so we was asking questions in there such as, what metrics are you looking for when you want to make an investment decision? How do you really navigate these spaces? How do you do X, Y, and Z? And they was given so many gems. So many. Dude, we got um, the footage. We might have to put it up on YouTube or some of it. We're going to have to. We're going to have to. Now, look, we definitely going to do that. One thing I wanted to mention from what they were, were talking about, uh, you know, they, they talked about, which I think for newer entrepreneurs, right, for probably, you know, a good bit of, you know, minority entrepreneurs as well is like understanding how and, and which VCs to approach, right? Like mm-hmm. VCs have certain thesis around, you know, their investing and like, you need to know what's that thesis, right? Like can't just go up to every VC because they may they may not be investing in, in what you're offering, right? right. It's, it's kind of a vice versa type of thing where it's like, you don't want to just take money from somebody that doesn't understand mm-hmm. your industry, right? They need to know what's actually going to make your company successful because once you get that, that VC investment, that's like a, another business partner. That's another co-founder. That's another, you know, board member or advisor, you know what I'm saying? Like that's somebody that can positively or negatively impact your business. Um, you know, even if they just quiet in the background, that might negatively impact your business, right? That spot that they put that money in, you could have had somebody out there championing your business, Mm-hmm. Making introductions, or yeah. because what we have to remember when it comes to venture capital, it's equity financing, meaning you give a part ownership of your business to them. So they yeah. become the business partner, right? So you want to have the right partner. 
Yeah. However, I'll be remiss if we don't mention like how does your business banks or your CDFIs are a major player, right? Yeah. Even if you do want to go more the startup realm versus the traditional business owner realm, like whichever pathway you make, you need to have a banking relationship and know your banker on a first name basis because they will plug you in and all types of financing. We're talking about from like debt financing when it comes to like getting you lines of credit. We're talking yeah. about grants that they could put you in, pl in place with. So the free money and just like putting you onto like different opportunities. You know, the banker on the panel, she mentioned how, for example, they had events like resources such as free technical libraries that will give you the technical yeah. to build up your business, whether that be marketing help or financial modeling, what have you, or they even have events to like put you on to like free resources, like, oh, free chamber, black chamber or commerce membership, for example, right? So. Yes, yes. To that point, to that point, if you are listening, watching, you know, you, you see this clip, definitely go ahead, drop a comment and we will shoot you the link to the Bank of America directory that has hundreds of grants you can go check it out free that free to access uh we want people to get this game man we want people to get this game mm -hmm. um, but yeah to your to your point uh i think it was powerful you know when she mentioned like how a relationship with a business banker can help you in so many ways that you don't think of right like we think of the, our banker as somebody we go to to get a line of credit or you open your yeah. bank account but they talk to a bunch of people, you know, your, your mm -hmm. small business banker has other small businesses that they can possibly connect you with. Right. Mm -hmm. um, they may be, you know, the, the person you go to that will get you introduced to your mentor or your, you know, your next deal. Like Absolutely. don't overlook the power of a relationship with your banker. That can be very, very powerful. Um, and I thought that was something, you know, uh, Kaia really just like she she opened my eyes and you know just it's like man you know it makes a lot of sense um, and it's such low hanging fruit right it's just a, a matter of just you know it's somebody that you should be talking to on a regular basis um, if you're doing what you need to do they're invested right they they basically putting money up for you um, of course they expect you to pay it back <laughs> right it's not equity but you know, um, but you still maintain ownership of your business too, right? If you use the debt financing route from a from a bank, so exactly. it's different strategies, man. But exactly. yeah. man, fire event packed on a Friday night. Friday night, so, yeah. Once again, shout out to Bison Venture Partners for being a dope partner to work with. Shout out to CIC Philadelphia for providing us the venue and the space to host it. Amazing shout space. Amazing space. Shout out to the panelists. Shout out to Jim Burnett. Shout out to Kaia Huddy. Shout out to Alex King. And shout out to Pedro Moore. If you don't yes. know, now you know. Now you know. Now you know. Yes, sir. Yeah. Man. man. <laughs> Got me feeling good. That's a great way to kick off a show, man. Just talking about the Investing Connect. Just it's inspiring. It's Super. Inspiring. Man, but the people have come for this Web3 game. Okay. So it makes sense we get it from Web3 Wayne himself. 
kick us off. Ooh. Yeah, coming in hot. Y'all see how Mamadou just put me on the spot. I'm sorry, NFT and Jai just put me on the spot today. <laughs> how, how does that go? He he got me messing up his name, fumbling over words. <laughs> it's that clear skin, man. Let 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 my let NFT and Jai know we need the skincare routine. We need uh, you, want the, you want the real skincare routine? I need it. What is it? Drink a lot of water. Okay. Be have a really clean diet. Okay. Don't be messing with your face with putting all these types of products. All okay. I put is like whatever lotion I'm using and mostly shea butter. That's it. You hear? You heard it here first. Clog up your pores. Put that shea butter on your face. You heard it here first. Your skin is going to be flawless. <laughs> and, and with that, <laughs> we bring you the first story of this 28th Block to Block episode the Board Ape Creators Yuga Labs is set to launch the Bitcoin NFTs. Mm. What? Since when? If you don't know, now you know. And it's crazy because if you don't know, that means you ain't been listening. And that that's that's another that's another uh reprimand for another day. But as some of you may know. Or no protocol has been really popular. We're seeing some some projects go crazy on there, and Yuga Labs has decided to step into the Arno world. So Yuga Labs said on Monday it's planned to release an NFT collection minted on the Bitcoin-based Arno's protocol, which has steadily grown in popularity since its launch last month. That's kind of how it goes in this Web3 world. The collection is called 12-fold, right? And it will feature 300 generative art NFTs created by Yuga Labs placed on a 12 by 12 grid, which serves as a visual allegory, <clears throat> if you will, for the cartography of data uh, on the Bitcoin blockchain. And it's, you know, they're, they're going to spice it up some, right? So they're going to include some 3D elements, some some hand drawn features. They're gonna kind of, you know, keep it creative as as Yuga Labs does. Um, and you know, it's funny because you think of Yuga Labs, you think of of course Board Ape Yacht Club, or their most recent venture, Dookie Dash. Yes, Dookie Dash. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but they've been seeing uh, other projects make a lot of money you know, selling Bitcoin NFTs on Arnos, right? Um, so we saw the uh, Arnos Punks, right? We sold one of their NFTs for 9.5 Bitcoin. If you don't know how much that is, that's $214,000, right? Exactly, a lot of money. Um, so, you know, in this time where, you know, it's what some people would call it a crypto winner, mm-hmm. we, we're seeing a lot of these projects find creative ways to to really, you know, make more money. Um, I think Yuga Labs has always been really get, great about being very business minded about their NFTs and uh, about how they're approaching Web3. Um, you know, especially when you, you talk about how they've licensed some of the, the board ape characters and got the restaurants and things like that um and so you know 
one thing that you know is kind of admirable about them is that they also really focus on the utility piece. But that's not what we're gonna see with this project. This is a strictly NFT, strictly art use case um, for this Bitcoin NFT, right? Um, and you know, for them, it pretty much just like F it. Like we know what y'all are y'all y'all are used to us doing, but we're gonna do something different and that's okay because we like to do different things. Um, and I, I think that's dope that they're just like, you know, being very intentional about how they approach things and it doesn't have to be what people expect. But, you know, definitely I, I think they're doing things from a strategic standpoint that's that's mm -hmm. really just very thoughtful. And, um, you know, if, if you're thinking about getting into Web3, something to, to admire and just, you know, watch as well, right? Um, so with that being said, the auction for 12 fold is going to happen later this week. Uh, they've been encouraging a lot of their Ethereum savvy audience to buy Bitcoin wallets ahead of the mint. Um, and it, it's really going to, it's really going to be a sight to see, to see how, you know, how this plays out, how much are they going to, you know, sell their, uh, 12 fold NFTs for, um, and, you know, I think kind of one of my my big takeaways I, I really have two main takeaways from this so one is we're starting to see that beat that bitcoin ecosystem mm -hmm. catch up to ethereum a little bit when it comes to activity and, and nfts right like or even just you know we talk about layer twos and the impact that that may have on uh web3 and and how we experience web3 we're seeing that come to play a little bit more with Bitcoin, um, which we know is, I mean, it's really at this point, probably one of your safer bets, right? Um, you're going to talk a little bit later about what, what Gary Gensler came out with. Um, but, you know, Bitcoin kind of has, has dodged and moved through a bit unscathed. Um, and I think that adds a lot of, you know, validity and strength to people wanting to, to get into uh, that ecosystem, right? But at the same time, there's the other piece of it of with the legislation and the negative connotation with Bitcoin mining and crypto mining and the impacts that that has on the environment, I'm interested to see you know, how much more is built out and what does that actually look like, right? Um, I think on one hand, the reason we see a Yuga Lab saying, hey, we're not going to do anything utility, you know, we're doing 300, right? Usually it's like a thousand or 10,000. They say we're going to do 300 of these. Um, it's because you want that scarcity when it comes to Bitcoin, when mm. it comes to that Bitcoin network, because there's probably only so much longer that it's going to, I don't even want to say it's, it's easy, but it's, it's probably going to get considerably more difficult to get into that Bitcoin ecosystem, right? New Bitcoin is released once uh, a block is mined. And, you know, what, what we've seen from the government and, you know, how they feel about the environmental impacts of mining 
um, you know, miners are shutting down, uh, you know, a lot of people are being reprimanded around it. Uh, you know, we, we had a segment very, very, very early on about how, uh, you know, some of those cloud service providers are, uh, you know, denying the ability to uh, even stake, <laughs> really. But um, I think it's going to be really interesting to, to, to see how this all shakes out. Um, definitely something to keep watch of. You know, we're going we gonna to always bring great stories to you and, and keep you on a loop of what's going on. Um, but with that, thoughts. What are, what are your thoughts about Yuga Labs, Arnas Protocol, and Bitcoin NFTs? This is what second, third week mm-hmm. we've done. You know this topic. What, what do you think? So, a couple of lessons, right? Lesson number one: When, as a business or as an adventure, right, if you're able to master and dominate within your specific niche, you can take that model. And replicated it elsewhere, right? And so with Yuga Labs, like, you know, let's remember they have created Board Eight Yacht Club, which is to this day the largest NFT collection on Ethereum. It's the it's seen as like the golden standard of how you wanted to create an NFT powered community and have a, like a huge valuation associated with it, right? They've been dominated for so long, yeah. and so for them, they're in a position which they can possibly do the exact same thing on the Bitcoin network, right? So that's like a huge major gem right there. Like when you're able to like really master your niche and master master your model, you can replicate that anywhere. So that's one. Two, you know, rewatch episode 24 when we brought up the Bitcoin Ordino NFTs, right? You know, I posed a question about if Bitcoin as we know, it's like the largest network in terms of market capitalization, right? And that was just based off the strength of cryptocurrency alone. Mm. What happens if it becomes a huge haven for NFT projects? Because right now, Ethereum is the largest, and that was really Ethereum's advantage over Bitcoin. Like, hey, it's the biggest DApp ecosystem for decentralized applications, Mm. right? NFTs, DAOs, what have you. But if we're starting to see the Bitcoin network become a haven where oh, NFT projects start to become popping over there, and then we can possibly see, you know, DAOs or all these other technologies that's related to Web3 become yeah. present there, yeah. what happens to the rest of the entire ecosystem? Because as we already know, when it comes to crypto specifically, everybody follows Bitcoin. If Bitcoin's doing good, the rest of the crypto market's doing good, and vice yeah. versa. Yeah. So those are just my thoughts. Like one, Yuga Labs have positioned themselves in a manner where they're able to like replicate their proven model anywhere. Yeah. Two, like if you're somebody who's looking to get into the space, especially when it comes to NFTs or just new opportunities in general, consider what's going on in the Bitcoin network. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to Yuga Labs. Shout out to uh some of them, them gems in there, they they kind of showing the, the rest of the Web three world how to how to navigate, how to adjust, you know, how to be flexible. I think um, even though Web three is like this new innovative thing, a lot of people kind of stuck in like, oh, we have to do it this kind of way, or 
Mm-hmm. Now utility is the thing. You gotta, you know, it's like there's different flavors. You know what I'm saying? Or how you can approach things. So definitely, but I think the people need to hear about this other piece of it, right? I mentioned it a little bit about you know why Bitcoin is kind of a safe haven right now in the crypto world. Mm-hmm. Uh, let let the people know. Right. I'll let you know in this quick take. I'm taking it from Web3 Wayne. And, you know, giving it to you. Taking it is a strong word. Okay. So I'm commandeering the quick take for today. (laughs) This man man put out a three, four syllable word. Think I don't know what it means. (laughs) I don't, but it probably means taken. So. (laughs) (laughs) But, man, so it's who it is. Today's quick take, we want to talk about Gary Gensler, who is the head of the SEC. He he reasserts his claim that every crypto is a security aside from Bitcoin. And this has erupted the legal community. Mm -hmm. So in a recent interview with New York Magazine, Gary Gensler, the chair of the SEC, reasserted his opinion that all crypto assets and transactions should be subject to the U.S. security laws. Aside from spot trading for Bitcoin, and as we know, spot trading is like the practice of buying low and selling high, right? And really every other token or crypto aside from Bitcoin is a security. So the direct quote is, pretty much every sort of crypto transaction already falls under the SEC's jurisdiction, except spot transactions in Bitcoin itself and the actual purchase or sale of goods or services with cryptos. Everything other than Bitcoin. And this has received pushback from the legal community. You know, Jake uh, Shavinsky, who is a part of the Blockchain Association, argued that the SEC lacks the authority to regulate any of them until and unless it proves its case in court for each asset, every single one, individually, one at a time. And so overall, you know, there's no real legal backing on this yet you know within the united states and globally we're still trying to figure out how do we regulate cryptocurrencies and other crypto assets but this is the opinion of the chair of the sec right one of the biggest regulatory bodies in the united states when it comes to securities and so it's very important that we highlight this quick take because it brings in the big lesson that especially when it comes to innovative spaces, you should always pay attention to the legal and political environment because of the large implications of it all, right? You know, this is something that you talked about in episode 19, uh, Derek, when we talked about what happens if everything gets classified under the SEC and everything is, is seen as a security, right? It could... Okay, well, while on a positive, it would provide a lot more clarity and a lot more structure when it comes to this wild, wild west of Web3, it could unintentionally stifle innovation, right? Because we're seeing a higher cost, right? If you're like right now, you can create some kind of crypto project or NFT project or any type of Web3 project that has like crypto tied to it. However, if it's all deemed as it being a security, you you gotta have a legal team. You just can't do things willy-nilly. And legal counsel relating to 
security law is definitely not cheap, right? And so, especially in this fast-paced environment on a global level, with all these other countries are trying to figure out exactly how do we classify Web3, how do we regulate it? If we have a set of laws and standards that can be deemed as restrictive on innovation, we can lose the race in terms of using blockchain technology and all its subsequent technologies as innovations to like provide real solutions, especially if we have these high barriers to entry with like governmental regulation. And so it's very interesting specifically like how Bitcoin is seen as this golden child, right? Like every other security except for Bitcoin, it's a security, every other token except for Bitcoin is a security under his opinion, right? So we're talking about well-known tokens like your Ethereum's or your ETH, your Cardano, ADAs, Ripple, all those types of tokens. Yeah. Like that's a huge implication right there, man. This is true. Very huge. And so it's, you know, what's happening in the U.S. is not a microcosm. This is happening on a global level. We talked about this in previous episodes, like um, I want to say episode 23, was it? When we 23 or 24, when we talked about the World Economic Forum and their opinion related to like Web3, you know, different countries are outright, outright opponents of crypto and they want to have their CBDCs instead. Other countries are a lot more accepting and want to like see how they can use it as a solution. So it's very important that you as a viewer, where you're someone who's like a business owner, someone who's an investor or just a consumer, you pay attention to your government's overall attitude when it comes to cryptocurrency and other crypto assets. Because, you know, if it's all DMS securities, you got to make sure that you're acting in a compliant manner. And that's the quick take for today. Okay. Okay. Okay, man. I, you want to hear something funny? What's up? Hear something funny? I... I don't know, man. I might be coming around. I might, I might, I might be agreeing with Gary. I don't know. Mm. I might be agreeing with with with, with the OGGG. Yeah. GGG might might be making a point. Now I'm, I'm gonna tell y'all why. I'm gonna tell y'all why. You know what's arguably the most important security that's ever been created? What is it? The U.S. dollar. Mm, right. The reserve currency of the world. You know what I'm saying? And when we look at like a lot of the cryptocurrencies, that's basically what they are. They are the dollars for those blockchain ecosystems, mm. right? Or that blockchain network. So it's it's a digital dollar, you know what I'm saying? It is kind of no different than a US dollar or yuan or you know uh the euro. Right, yeah, peso, right, there's really not much difference. Um, so I don't know, you know, when it when it comes to it, it's like, there's part of me that's like, do we want to stifle this innovation? There's another part of me that's like, you know, Dogecoin is cool, but like, that shouldn't be a thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, people putting their money on something that's like, not even, you know, it's just so like I, I don't know. It's really, um, yeah. 
you know, that, that, that's something where you're just like, all right, there needs to be some regulation. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who've lost money who think the same, you know what I'm saying? Right. That, that yeah. And that's part of Gensler's reasoning as well. Right. Like a lot of these tokens he purports are just really just finessing investors for money or not even finessing, but you're really just using it as a vehicle to get investment capital to raise up valuations and profit from it that's the right. security at its essence is the argument so right right it's it's very interesting you see the pros and cons on both sides and really we just gotta wait and see what happens from a overall decision standpoint for sure for sure the, the other piece of it too before we hop off over to our last topic is um it's interesting that he's really bought into you know Bitcoin is the gold standard, you know, it's, it's not really, you know, in the same ballpark as these other cryptos, because, I mean, I don't know, I mean, I get it, could be, you know, looked at that way, but I think at the same time, like, it's still a crypto, I don't know, it's just something about it, it's like, hmm, okay, this is interesting, we'll, we'll see where it goes, we'll see where it goes, for sure, but, um, yeah, a lot of things happen over in Bitcoin, man. Like, who knows? Yeah, if Bitcoin can overtake all these other ecosystems with the NFTs and the DAOs and all that, it's already got the crypto part on lock. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's already furthering supporting Gensler's opinion, right? So, exactly, exactly. No, man, it's very interesting because you know. As it relates to these technologies, the big thing we want to focus on is innovation, because with innovation, we get new solutions. And with that, we want to talk about Fast Company Magazine's top 10 lists of the most innovative companies within Web3. I'll even kick us off with who's on number 10, a personal favorite of mine, I might add, Milk Road. Yeah. So Milk Road was started in January of 2022, and you can think of it as the morning brew of crypto. If you're not familiar with Morning Brew, it's a newsletter that emails you the top business topics every single day. And that's what Milk Road does within crypto. It has a yeah. newsletter view- readership of over a quarter million readers. You know, Derek, Derek and I are one, are one of those people who are in the numbers. Mm-hmm. And it's also cool because they really like to just joke around, right? And make it a less serious topic in a sense, right? So you as a viewer can just see the fun of it all. So like they have like their own wallet in which they will show you the results of their portfolio. And so when things such as like the Luna Terror coin collapse last year, they talked about like how they had a portfolio of over a million dollars worth of crypto assets and it fell like completely to like one dollar in like a day. So a very transparent company, very engaging, very fun and upbeat. Yeah. One of my favorite newsletters to read when it comes to the world of Web3 and crypto. So shout out to Milk Road for being number 10. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Nah, look, I have to agree. Um and so let's go to number nine. I haven't heard of these guys before, but 
Seems like they're doing some dope stuff. Uh, Imperia. They're mm-hmm. building high street retail in the metaverse. Shout out to the metaverse. I feel like we don't we don't give the metaverse enough love on our show. We we need to start to, you know. We, I mean, we, we had a whole episode with Jay. We did. We did. Episode That's very true. Watching the gems. That's very true. Um, yeah, he, he was giving out the game. And it's crazy because uh, Imperia is kind of like taking that old chip off, you know, the same, the same block, if you will. Um, so what they're doing is they're helping retailers interested in, interested in exploring this uh, metaverse landscape, uh, kind of bridge the gap between physical shopping and two-dimensional e-commerce, right? So um, they have started their Artemis platform, and it's designed for luxury brands to be able to, to manage product placement in virtual stores um, and how users kind of interact in the, the space, right? Um, and making it easy for them to kind of uh, do that without any real like developer or technical experience, right? Um, so it's really cool because uh, what they're seeing is just the, the impact that having a metaverse store might have on shoppers. So, you know, right now, the average shopper may spend about two minutes on the e-commerce site. I know if I'm, you know, scrolling on Instagram or something like that and I see some clothes and I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. I'm, let me take a look. I might go on the site, you know, look at a couple of things and I'm off of there, right? Uh, but with the, the metaverse experience added to it, right, they're seeing things go from that the two minutes for a standard e-commerce site to 14 minutes that mm. people spend in the metaverse exploring. Um, it's really just like the next iteration of a mall right, or of the mall, I should say. Um, so really dope, and, and they're keeping things kind of playful. You know, they have some uh, alligator helpers, workers, if you will. And, you know, it's just dope what they're doing uh, to help bridge that gap for those retailers. It's number nine. Cool. Really cool. Coming in at number eight, we have Link's Dow which is described as the next generation of golf club membership. I know this is a personal favorite of Web3 Wayne because he's an average golfer. I'm not, but he is. But with LinkDAOs, what they do is they allow golf enthusiasts to to congregate both virtually and in person via their NFT-powered reinvention of the country club membership model. You know, they sold more than 9,000 memberships within 24 hours of first launching and raised more than 11 million in the capital that they gained from their membership model. And they've been doing a lot of things to take strides with providing in real world experiences, such as group partnering up with IMG Prestige. So the members of this DAO can have access to a network of more than 200 elite courses throughout the world. So effectively, you know, taking that Timbuktu model of pairing both the digital and the physical world experiences. So, shout out to Link Style for making number eight of this list. Shout out, shout out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I might have to go join that. We're gonna see what the membership fee is, but <laughs> might have to give him a holler. We're talking about uh, taking a golf trip. But with that, let's go to number seven on the list, and it is Dress X and. This company is 
basically your designer in the metaverse. So they're the go-to courtier for avatars um, and, you know, really have seen a, a lot of traction in getting deals from brands like Adidas, Originals, and American Eagle, um, and scores of, of 3D designers, um, you know, wanting to get their clothing, right, the digital clothing on these avatars, uh, you know, a dress, they made a dress to celebrate Ukrainian freedom that cost $1,500. Well, you could pay $1,500, let's say that. Um, but they, you know, they're, they're really doing some creative things when it comes to uh, that, that digital world um, and even is doing things in augmented reality, right? So if you don't know what that is, or uh, you're not sure, it is, again, bridging that digital, that physical, where you can try on things with your real body, right, um, on like an augmented reality mirror, or um, basically makes it feel like uh, this digital thing is on you in real life. Um, so doing some, some dope experiences there. Um, they have some dope partnerships. Um, and yeah, Dress X, number seven. Coming in at number six, we have The Hundreds, which is a streetwear brand that has successfully launched NFT collections since 2021. You know, they first started off with the Atom Bomb Squad, and then recently they came up with the Batman Bomb Squad, right? And with their NFT collections, not only have they, you know, made significant revenue from them, they've effectively curated communities and ushered in both creator and collector royalties. So if you're a collector of like certain, um, of if you're a collector, you can benefit from the royalties as well, just as a creator. So a great way to just really show support for those who patronize them. So shout out to the hundreds for coming in at number six. Fire, fire. And it's dope seeing a company like the, the hundreds, you know, step into this this new world. Uh, perfect for, for Web3. Coming in at number five, Ledger. Y'all know about Ledger? That means you need to go get you a hard, a hard, uh, a hardware wallet ASAP. A cold wallet ASAP. Mm -hmm. um, Ledger, they are known for building the iPod of crypto wallets, if you will. Um, so what they have done is created a device. Looks like a little USB drive, Bluetooth enabled, um, but you can store your crypto and NFTs in this little device. It is what we call the crypto wallet. Um, and so they uh, have been, you know, really, really doing great in terms of sales. They sold more than 5 million of their Ledger, Ledger Nano devices um, and, you know, really are seeing, you know, even more successes um, and are really looking to the future. They actually brought on Tony Fidel, um, who is a legendary product creator. Um, he's credited, you know, with the advances of the iPod and that's thermostat. Um, and so they're working on creating a new credit card size crypto wallet called Stacks. 
which sounds dope. Uh, features a touchscreen e-ink display that makes using the device akin to mainstream consumer electronics like the Kindle, of course, iPod. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, that stacks is $279. Start shipping March 2023. This is not an ad, but Ledger, if you would like to sponsor, we'll talk about more of your products. Just let us know. That's Cut the check. Cut the check. That's number five. Coming in at number four, we talk about them all, just about almost every other episode. <laughs> the Ethereum Foundation, the group, the organization that's behind the Ethereum network. So this group has been very innovative within the world of Web3 by launching in like 2014, 2013, and has successfully become the largest DAP ecosystem within Web3. You know, Ethereum's been making a lot of strides in terms of allowing users to use Web3 in like many innovative ways aside from cryptocurrency for making NFTs, to making DAOs, to getting into the metaverse. They really have ushered in a new iteration, a new era when it comes to the world of Web3. So we'll be remiss if they weren't mentioned on this list. So shout out to Ethereum Foundation, number four. Number three, company we all know well, Nike. Yes, yes, yes. Nike is number three on the list, one of the most innovative companies in Web3. Um, and I think a big reason for it coming up is just the, the tremendous focus and strides that they've made in the Web3 world, such as acquiring startup Artifact, uh, you know, which was focused on creating digital assets for fashion and collectibles. And, you know, that really, I'm, I'm sure, was, you know, part of their Nike Virtual Studios rollout, you know, where they did a series of drops throughout the year, starting in April 2022. Um, just, they're, they're just doing great things, especially you know, talk about the, the crypto kicks where, you know, you could uh, buy those crypto kicks and, and get them in real life. And they're doing partnerships around those crypto kicks. Um, and, you know, those crypto kicks coming with really exclusive features to them. That's just really dope. Um, so Nike has been very innovative when it comes to Web3. Um, and so we definitely think they're going to be leaders going to this this next gen. Come in at number two, we have Chainalysis. This company is very famous for bringing in a lot of transparency into crypto transactions. So they have made publicly available blockchain data to identify scams, hacks, crime, and fraud. As we know, as we cover in like multiple episodes throughout this podcast, you know, cybersecurity is a huge concern and a huge problem area within the world of Web3. And so Chainalysis has been doing their part to be very preventative, if you will, in terms of just identifying scams and like analyzing this data so we can all learn from it. You know, they've been valued at they had a valuation of $8.6 billion after raising $170 million in capital back in May. 
And, you know, they came out with like different product rollouts, such as the Chain Alice storyline, which they released in last November, that creates a visual timeline of complex crypto transactions. Mm. So shout out to Chain Analysis for being for making number two on this list. Hmm. Number one. Drum roll, please. Roblox. Roblox, yes, comes in at number one on a list of most innovative companies in Web3. How, you might ask? Well, let's just say they have 56 million daily active users in 2022, 23% year over year, with 17 to 24-year-olds being their fastest growing age group. On top of that, the company is really, really, really pushing forward in terms of Roblox being a, a, a staple, if you will, on the, the more adult side uh, of the world. So they introduce age guideline systems similar to movies and video game ratings um, and really want more mature experiences to be developed on their platform. Um, and we're already seeing, you know, brands and celebrities from Walmart to Elton John to the NFL really, you know, declare, oh, we're, we're in the metaverse. And a lot of times that means they're on Roblox. Mm. And I mean, listen, Roblox has been so successful that, you know, they already have a really, really, really real digital economy with creators of games and virtual goods earning more than $624 million in 2022. And that's up almost 20% from the previous year, 2021. So Roblox, shout out, uh, they're number one, they topped the list and for very, very good reasons. With that, that's the top 10. Top 10 according to Fast Company Magazine, man. That was a very, very solid list. Yeah, yeah. I have no qualms. I have no qualms. Yeah. Major major goal is to be number one in our list with Timbuktu, yes, which sir. is our collectibles marketplace yes, that sir. allows creators to monetize in perpetuity from their physical collectibles that they make. So, so we got you know, we got to go. Our creators need to make over six hundred and fifty million. We won't beat them by twenty five. Mm. Six hundred fifty million. So, if you're a creator. You trying to you trying to you trying to be in that that bucket, you know what I'm saying that 650 mil. You trying to you trying to get on that? Let us know. Let's let us. Let us man, we don't man. do that no royalty thing. Mm-hmm. Royalties in perpetuity, and in yeah. fact, we do have some things coming up. You know, we had to postpone the painting set for unforeseen circumstances, but it will be happening April 8th in DC. So you'll get more details around that as we get closer to that. But man, like we're <laughs> we finna go crazy. We got a lot more events planned for the year. Yeah, yeah. No, this is it's gonna be a great year. We told y'all it was gonna be outside. It started with our uh event that we had, the gathering spot exclusive event. Um, you know, we're we gonna try to do some some more for the people. We had to have that that exclusive one over there at, at TGS. Um, and 
kind of followed up with the Investor Connect, which was a, another great event. Uh, we was able to get outside in, in Philly and uh, tap into to our people, our community, the entrepreneur community, um, get some game out there, learn some game ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. you know, real life, we did, selfishly, we wanted to put on this event to, to get this game from, from VCs and, you know, other financial institutions, banks, CDFIs. So, um, yeah, man, we outside. It's, it's only the beginning. Y'all definitely going to look out for more events because – it's, it's coming soon, and, and we're going to do it big. We need y'all to show up and show out. Most definitely. And on a more serious note, shout out to all the Pisces. It's Pisces season. Hello. If y'all did not know, Mamadou, NFT and Jives, which y'all know him as, had his birthday yesterday. Thank the you. young thank man you. just made, what is it, 25, my boy? 29, 29. Ooh, wow. 30. 30. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Getting wise. Getting wise. Yes, sir. And you have a birthday coming up next month. Yeah, we got we got to tell we got to tell people about that. We got to tell people. All right. But it is gonna be on a Thursday, so <laughs> turn up. Turn up. Hey man, I remember uh when I made 27 last year, the first thing my little sister said is like, ooh, you touching 30. I'm like, dang, like give me a Another year or so before you tell me that, like you got you got a solid, you got you got a little bit of time. You don't gotta worry. You ain't got no grades in that beard yet. Yeah, not yet, not yet. Mm-hmm. So we gonna see. Most definitely, see. most definitely. But man, this was an action-packed episode per usual. Thank you all for tuning in at episode twenty-eight. I am. <laughs> The birthday boy, the belated birthday boy, NFT and Jai. And I am the birthday boy in like a month, Web 3 Wayne. Man, peace. Talk is different. Always. Like, comment, subscribe, and share with all your loved ones. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.